From the EPR Creations Studio, this is Jason Staples bringing you Unconquered with Doc Staples. This podcast, as always, is brought to you by EPR Creations, by Luis Marquez of Keller Williams Realty in Jacksonville, Florida, by Shenandoah Real Estate in the Research Triangle of North Carolina, by Garage Makeovers, the number one garage remodeling company in South Florida, and by my newest advertising partner, Justin Galloway of Benchmark Mortgage. As always, information's in the show notes. Let them know you heard about them from the Unconquered podcast with Doc Staples. Unbelievable. I, you know, I expected to to do a to release a, a podcast after the college football playoff matchups were announced and all of that, doing a little bit of analysis today. But I I I honestly I did not think there was any way that the college football playoff committee would do what they just did. And that that's despite knowing that there's a lot of bias in there that there's a ton of money on the line in terms of SEC branding and all of these other things, the the ties between ESPN and SEC and all sorts of other things. I didn't think they'd do it. Because it, I mean, this sort of decision just makes a mockery of the entire, of all the credibility of the sport in the way that the sport is set up. And look, this is not about Florida state. This I would have the same opinion here if this was any other Power 5 unbeaten conference champ that got left out for a one-loss Texas and Alabama to get in. I don't care who it is. If you were an undefeated Power 5 conference champion, and I don't care who it is, I mean, people do not realize how hard it is to go undefeated in college football. Whether in the Power Five or not, it's really hard to go undefeated. And it's much harder to do that in a Power Five schedule. And Florida State didn't just play a Power Five schedule. They beat a very good LSU team and a better LSU team in game one than anybody else played because of how LSU got banged up on defense over the course of the rest of the year. And then an SEC, another SEC team and your rival on the road at Florida in the final week. And tell me this, what is the difference between how Florida State looked against five and seven Florida on the road and how Alabama looked against six and six Auburn who lost, who got boat raced by New Mexico State the week before? You're going to tell me that Alabama looked so much better against six and six Auburn needing a Hail Mary to win that game on third on fourth and 31, that Alabama looked so much better against Auburn there than Florida State did winning over five and seven. So essentially same level of team as, as Auburn beating five and seven Florida by multiple scores on the road in a similar rivalry game. And you're going to tell me that the logic of this, that the rationale for this is, well, Alabama would obviously beat Florida State. 
they're better. It's the, our job is to pick the four best teams, not the four most deserving. And obviously Alabama would be favored against Florida State and they would beat Florida State. Okay, a couple things here. Yes, Alabama would be favored on a neutral field against Florida State without Jordan Travis. They might even be favored with Jordan Travis, maybe. I don't think, you know, that, that's, a, that's a closer to a toss-up. Uh, but without Jordan Travis, Alabama would be favored on a neutral field against Florida State, and I would favor Alabama on a neutral field against Florida State. Yeah, true. You know what else is true, though? Oregon was favored by 10 against Washington in the Pac-12 championship game, despite the fact that they'd already lost to Washington. And then they got beat by Washington. You know what? Georgia was ranked number one by this same committee going into the, into championship week and was favored to beat Alabama. And you know what? Alabama beat Georgia. Michigan, last year in the college football playoff semifinal, was favored to beat TCU, a team that got in over Alabama and really showed that, you know, with the 65 to 7 loss to to Georgia, whatever that was, showed that they didn't belong in the playoff except that they beat that Michigan team that was favored against them. What are we even doing here? I mean, I thought the point of a playoff was to let the games be decided on the field. And now you've got a team that has played a Power 5 schedule full of a bunch of good teams in the conference that had the best non-conference record of uh, against the SEC and the Big Ten of any. Only the Pac-12 was better in overall Power 5 uh, record. The, you, you're going to tell me that a Power 5 undefeated team, a team that nobody has beaten on the field, doesn't deserve the opportunity, shouldn't get the opportunity to prove that nobody else is going to beat them either. Just because you think that, well, you know, by the eye test, I mean, I, I think I think Alabama would beat them. Maybe Alabama would beat them. Maybe. But we can't know that. And what we do know is that Alabama did already lose to Texas on their home field by 10. Well, that's a different Alabama team. Losses in September, wins in September are the same season as November and even January. It is... This is I mean, this is unreal. And like I said, this is not about Florida State. This is not a matter of me being a guy that covers Florida State, a, form, a former player for Florida State. Yeah, sure, all, all true. It's not about that, though. If this was Southern Cal, or if this was Nebraska, or Michigan, or any other team, Clemson, I'd be going to bat the same way for that team. Because this is not the way this sport is supposed to be done. It's not the way that things are supposed to be done. Nobody beat this Florida State team. The defense in the last two weeks, after losing Jordan Travis, played the best any defense has played all season. And one team, by the way, put the clamps on LSU's offense this season. Which team? The same defense that did stuff on Saturday night that nobody's done all season to, to a very good LS or to a very good Louisville team. Very good Louisville offense. 
it's just absurd. Absolutely absurd. And honestly, if I'm Florida State and I get the opportunity to to play against Georgia in the uh in the Orange Bowl, well, if I win that game, I'm I'm claiming a national championship. Because Alabama got in the playoff because they beat Georgia. And oh, well, you can't leave out a team that would beat Georgia. And the logic of all of this is, well, obviously Georgia and Alabama would beat Florida State. If Florida State, with their backup quarterback, beats Georgia in the Orange Bowl and goes 14-0, and they need to hang up 2023. They need to put that number up in the stadium. That's a national title. Especially if Alabama or Texas, with one loss, win the national title in the, in the college football playoff. Florida State will have a claim. Got to beat Georgia. But I can tell you the other thing here, there's been a lot of bad blood between the Georgia and Florida State staff for a while. Those two staffs do not like each other. There's going to be a war. And I can tell you, Florida State's team, their players are going to be ticked. Out, about it out, out, out after this obviously they're devastated right now just gutted but with the way that this team has been i don't really expect to see a whole lot of uh of opt-outs in this game if any and they're going to come they're going to come to play in this game don't be surprised if florida state beats georgia and if they beat georgia to go 14 and 0 they'll have as much a right as any team in the country to claim that they're undefeated un, un uh, they're unconquered and they've now beaten the team that was ranked number one at the end of the college football playoff rankings going into championship week, just like Alabama. And if Alabama's win there was good enough to get them in the playoff and give them the right to play for a national title, then Florida State can say, look, we had that except we didn't have a loss. We got the same level of win you got and won our conference and undefeated. And if Texas or Alabama wins the college football playoff, Florida State will have as much acclaim as anyone. And even if it's Washington or Michigan that goes undefeated, Florida State will have a claim to say, look, we should be able to play one of those teams. There should be an, a, a plus one. And if there isn't, then we, de- we, we deserve to be able to hang a, hang a banner. And I know, look, that, that reminds everybody of UCF and you know all of that stuff. It's a different situation. UCF did not play a Power 5 schedule that year. They were not a Power 5 level program that year. This Florida State team, again, played played that LSU team at the beginning of the year. They had the, they had the, the courage to play that, that game in the opener and took care of business. Only team in the country to limit Jaden Daniels the way that they did. That LSU team scored 28 points on, on Alabama in the first three quarters and were well on their way to, to giving Alabama all they could handle. And then Daniels got injured, by the way, on an illegal play. Alabama has benefited from multiple illegal plays this year from the one that, that uh, or multiple, let's just say multiple shots on the quarterback. One was an illegal play from Alabama themselves that knocked Daniels out of the game. And the other, of course, the hip drop tackle on Jordan Travis that, cost Jordan Travis a broken leg in Florida State a playoff bit, a playoff berth. And nobody's gotten more second chances than Nick Saban. 
People want to point to all of Alabama's national titles. Oh, that's fine. Especially, well, think about how many national titles they have that because they just claimed them. <laughs> but beyond that, think about how many times Nick Saban's been given a, a do-over, a mulligan. Nobody's luckier in this, in, this, in this game than Alabama. But they've won so many national titles. How many have they won with a loss because they got a rematch or they got some sort of mulligan after they crapped the bed at some point earlier in the year? It's just amazing. Absolutely amazing that you do everything. You can only play the teams on your schedule. You can only do the things in your own conference. And the ACC had a winning record against the SEC this year. The SEC's best win in non-conference was Louisville. Their next best was uh, Mississippi State beating Arizona. Unreal. And yet, because they're SEC champs, Alabama gets the benefit of the doubt. Because they beat a Georgia team, it was down at the half against South Carolina. Here's Georgia's schedule, by the way. UT Martin, Ball State, South Carolina, who they beat by 10, 24-14. Ooh. UAB. Auburn. Not good. Kentucky. Okay, that's a decent win. It's a Kentucky team that that did come back and beat that, that Louisville team. Vanderbilt. No good. Florida. Florida State beat them too. Missouri. Okay. Ole Miss, Georgia Tech gave Ole, took Ole Miss well into the fourth quarter there, deep into the fourth quarter, one score game. All right. Tennessee, nothing special there. And then a one-score win, what, an eight-point win over Georgia Tech? Why is Georgia, why does Georgia get the benefit of the doubt as the best win of the season for Alabama? Who did they beat? Yes, 29-game win streak. Not the same, but not the same team as the prior two years. Just everybody knew all year that this was a really good Georgia team, but not what they'd been. Unbelievable. I Like I said, this is not a matter of Florida State. This is not a matter of, you know, which team this is. This is a matter of the integrity of the sport, which it's always been a little dodgy. Always been a lot dodgy on a lot of areas, but this is a next level. This is absolutely next level on that. And... I, yeah, I mean, honestly, it, it gets me to, this is the sort of thing that gets me wondering whether or not I really want to continue covering this sport. And I've had a lot of thoughts about that of late. I mean, I've been doing this a long time. And, you know, I've got other, I've got other careers that I am, am doing as well. And I just wonder, you know, okay, what's the, at what point do I bow out? I mean, am I making enough money off of this to actually warrant taking some of the other opportunities off, off the table for myself uh, on things that I could maybe make even more money on. And uh, if I didn't put this time in on this, and this is the sort of thing that makes me wonder whether it's worth it to cover. Cause I mean, generally it's, it's something fun to cover and, you know, make a little bit of money on too. Not a bunch of money, but you know, enough to warrant it. And then you get something like this where it's like, look, I'm, I don't want to cover pro wrestling. Right. That's just not, it's not, it's not worth it to me. It's just never, never held any interest to me. It's one of the reasons why, you know, and I haven't watched game day in years, but it's one of the reasons why when I see clips of game day with their, their current lineup, 
I've been so disgusted because it sure it reminds me of, you know, pro wrestling type stuff, which I just find so distasteful. And then you get something like this and it's like, oh, wow, it's the same. It's the same thing. Line up these guys in underwear, see who, you know, who looks the best after a workout, which team looks like they might be able to take the other team and then, you know, determine based on that instead of, you know, the old school way of let's find out which teams actually beat other teams, which, you know, seems to me to be a much more reasonable way to select a champion. But if you're going to have a playoff and then treat it like an invitational, just call it an invitational. Stop calling it a playoff. It's unreal. Final thing to think about here is what this means in terms of the big picture. Because in the long haul, just think about what this did for SEC teams, SEC programs recruiting against Florida State or Florida State trying to recruit against SEC and Big Ten teams. Basically, you you go in and if you're Georgia, if you're Alabama, or if you're, shoot, if you're Tennessee, you walk into the living room of these guys and you say, well, it doesn't matter how good you are at Florida State. If you go, you, you can go unbeaten there and still ultimately not get the respect. Still, still your, your second tier. Come here and, and compete for real titles. Now, yes, I know with the 12-team playoff, Florida State would be in there and they'd have their opportunity. But just think about the, the, the image difference that this makes in terms of, of how that works, in terms of recruiting message. That, that's a non-negligible big picture thing. And that's something that Mike Norvell and his staff now have to recruit against. Now, if I were them and recruiting against it, I'd say, come here and then, you know, we'll get a chance to prove it on the field from here. So, you know, you can kind of put that away after the, after the playoff expands next year a little bit more. But the other thing that I'm looking at, if I'm Mike Norvell, I, I have to really seriously consider what my, what my ceiling is at, at Florida state, which is a crazy thing. I go, look, I, I just built a championship team here. I just built a team that went undefeated, something that my rivals in Gainesville have never done. And I don't even get the chance to play for a national title. So what, what can I really do with this pro? Like what resources are other, other programs going to have just even in terms of national having national guys in the in their pocket and having the college football playoff in their pocket because their conference or, you know, whatever dominates uh, the, the discussion doesn't dominate on the field, mind you, but dominates the discussion and, and manages to win the, the PR battle. What does that do to me? Now, I don't think Norvell's going anywhere, but I, I have to say the thought would cross my mind if I were him. What this does do from Florida State's perspective, though, is it provides yet another piece of ammunition, yet another motivation to get out of the ACC, to say, look, this, this did us material harm this year. Being in the ACC was no better for us than being in Conference USA or whatever else because we did everything necessary, including beating SEC teams on their, on, you know, away from home 
during the season, but because we played in the SEC or in the ACC and not the SEC or the Big Ten, we didn't get an opportunity to play for a title. And so the ACC has done being in the ACC has materially harmed us, and you know the ACC's inability to market and to defend their their brands the way that the SEC did with you know the SEC commissioner going on ESPN yesterday saying, well, obviously it's the SEC. One thing is not like the others. Yeah, one thing is not like the others. The SEC didn't beat anybody this year. But the ACC didn't do that. And that's one of those things where if you're Florida State, if you're Clemson, if you're even North Carolina, you know, some of these some of these bigger brand schools, you have to look at it and go, you know, how how quickly can we get out? How much is it worth? What kind of penalty is it worth paying to get out? Big picture, this is this is not nothing. Again, I, I just I remain absolutely blown away by the gutlessness, the cowardice, the just the way that that committee handled this entire thing. To me, it's an injustice, and, and, and I really mean that in the, in the full sense of the word. It is unjust. It's an unjust decision. And it's one that, you know, I keep sort of waiting for some sort of higher authority in terms of like, you know, you want to replay, uh, you know, send it to replay. Take a look at, you know, let's look at what happened on the field. You know, maybe they got the first call wrong. Maybe somebody can overturn it, but there's no overturning this because you have an unaccountable set of athletic directors, a few retired hack coaches and a few others who get to choose who gets to play based on a beauty contest. And again, it's true. I, I think Florida State would be a would be an underdog to all four of the teams in the in, in the college football playoff. I do think that's true. I'm gonna state that one more time. I do think that's true. That does not mean that Florida State would actually lose those games. Those same odds makers had Florida State as a significant underdog to LSU to open the year. Those same folks had Oregon beating Washington. Those same folks had Georgia beating Alabama had uh, Michigan trouncing TCU last year. Just a host of those things. Point spreads should not determine who plays in a playoff. Got to let them earn it on the field. Florida State earned it on the field this year. And them not getting a chance to play is, is absolutely 100% an injustice. And it's an awful thing that they're not going to be able to, that, th- that nobody can step in and make that right. Nobody's ever going to be able to make that right. All they're going to be able to do is, you know, go for a 14-0 and season, and then they'll be able to say, look, nobody beat us. Best team in the country. Nobody else can, nobody else can, make, can claim that they were better than us because nobody came out and beat us. So the, the job's not finished for them. They've got to beat that Georgia team. And again, that Georgia team should be favored over them. But I can tell you this. I would not want to play this Mike Norvell coached Florida State team with them in this situation as angry as they're going to be in that game. It's too bad. It's too bad that this won't be settled on the field like it should be as men.
that'll do it. I, I don't really have a whole lot more to say. It's just, uh, it's just sad. And like I said, the, the last thing, I'm going to reiterate this one more time. This is not about Florida State. It's not about who it is. It's about the fact that you have a Power 5 undefeated conference champion with 10 wins over Power 5 competition. And the most wins over, of, uh, over bowl-eligible teams of any team in the country with a better overall resume than three of the teams in the, in the college football playoff, if you look at the overall resume rankings, and yet being left out. Why? Because Jordan Travis broke his leg on senior day. And then because once he broke his leg on senior day, Florida State essentially became Michigan, became a team that didn't score a whole lot of points, won ugly, sort of dragged you out to deep water, and won on the line of scrimmage. But because that's not the image that people had of Florida State, all of a sudden they didn't get the the same credit that Michigan gets for that. Michigan wins ugly, puts up fewer yards against Iowa than Florida State had against, against Louisville, gives up more yards, more yardage, more yardage per play against Iowa, against that Iowa offense, than FSU gave up against a good Louisville offense. And Michigan gets, oh man, look how dominating they are. They're just so good on defense. And Florida State gets, wow, they just really, their offense is questionable. Losing Jordan Travis made Florida State basically into Michigan. But Michigan gets that, gets the brand credit, gets the, uh, gets all the respect for being the physical team with the great defense and all of that, while Florida State just gets, discuss- well, the discussion for Florida State is just about how their offense isn't as good as it was before they lost their quarterback. It's crazy. Like I said, this is this was a gutless decision. It's a disappointing decision. Not again, not because of who it is, not because of Florida State, but for the sport and for what the sport for how the sport is supposed to be played and how it's supposed to be settled on the field. And why? Really, it's not about you're gonna hear all this rhetoric, all this stuff is post hoc. All of this about well, it was about the, getting the four best teams, not the four most deserving. No, what this was about. It's television dollars. It's what it was about. It's about finding what they could market as the four most entertaining matchups. That's what this was about. Let's not be, let's not be dishonest. Let's get down to what this was really about. This was about set, making sure that they could sell advertisements and get some eyeballs on the biggest brands they could in games that they could sell as the most marquee matchups, not the, not the best teams. No, it was never about the best teams. It was about the most marketable teams. That's what this was about. Let's just be honest about it. This was about the idea that Alabama against Michigan would be a more fun matchup than watching that Florida State defense hold Michigan to 13 points and wind up with some sort of, you know, 13 to 10 or 17 to 13 game where you're getting a lot of exchange punts while it's a, a giant rock fight that looks like a looks like the Big Ten championship did only with a better offense where Iowa had none. This was about marketing. This was about money. This was about getting the most marketable matchups and finding a way to to excuse that. That's what this was about. And that ultimately compromises the overall integrity of the sport. It's all about chasing the, chasing that money 
to get sexier, more marketable matchups at the expense of the integrity of the sport and the justice of who actually deserves, who belongs in those games and who the best teams have been all season. It's an absolute injustice. It's just absolutely wrong. But again, it's the way that everything's gone. I mean, nobody wanted the Pac-12 to completely disappear, but that's where we are. Why? Because a few guys in suits decided that there would be more money to be made that way. This whole sport has been selling itself for a mess of pottage. And this is just the latest example of that, where you have a team that went out there and did it on the field that has the, that should have the right, should have the ability to go out and defend it on the field. And that was just taken away from them again by those same guys in suits who are really interested in making sure that they can provide the most marketable matchups for the college football playoff. Shame on them. And it's just, again, this is a black mark. It's another black eye on the sport of college football. If you've been enjoying this podcast, please leave a five-star rating over at Apple Podcasts and wherever else you listen to podcasts, post and repost episodes on social media, and tell a friend. And if you haven't left a review in a while, do it again. It really does help the visibility of the podcast. Before we go, I'd also like to thank my advertising partners once more. That's EPR Creations, Louis Marquez of Keller Williams Realty in Jacksonville, Florida, Shenandoah Real Estate in the Research Triangle of North Carolina, Garage Makeovers, the number one garage remodeling company in South Florida, and Justin Galloway of Benchmark Mortgage, serving Florida, Alabama, Tennessee, and Kentucky. You can also stop by the Unconquered shop at unconqueredpodcast.com where you can buy stickers, pins, magnets, t-shirts, and other swag. And thanks also to all those supporters over at Patreon where I post video analysis and field questions for the podcast. I am especially grateful to those above the dynasty level. That is Andrew Garrett, Brian Leininger, Neil Cook, Casey Kidd, Chris Chartrand, Dave Blair, Hector Cartagena, Jack Horton, Jimmy Van, Jonathan Kennedy, Keith Cheney, Lee Caswell, Tyler Kashishke, Vince Calandra, and Bert Bertoldi. You all are far more generous than I deserve. I'm really grateful. Thanks to you all. This has been Unconquered with Doc Staples. I'm your host, Jason Staples. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support. I made this. <laughs>